You are now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor-noonan.org. Now, let's join in for today's message. Let us notice the book of Mark and the fourth chapter this morning. Mark chapter number four. Let us notice Mark four. And let's begin reading at verse number 35. Let's conclude or finish at verse 41. Mark four, verse 35. The Bible says on the same day when the evening had come, he said to them or his disciples, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. They awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind. And said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly. And said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, the subject this morning, the storm will test your faith. Look at somebody else and tell him or her, the storm will test your faith. I need you to look at one more person, make it personal to him or her, and tell them, the storm will test your faith. And let's give him a praise for the subject this morning. Come on. The storm will test your faith. When I talk to you this morning about the storm, I'm wanting us to see it figuratively as trouble. The storm is figurative of trouble or trials. And it's not the type of storm, trouble or trial in the text that the disciples have brought upon 
themselves. This is not something that is coming against them because of their disobedience. They are not out of the will of God, but they are in truth in God's will. And that is important because when we look at the story of Jonah, Jonah through disobedience and and through getting out of the will of God actually brought a storm upon himself. Come on, somebody. I'm talking to somebody. And, and there are some of us that, that you know that's real this morning because, because there are storms that you've had to deal with in your life that, that when you just got honest with yourself, that you had to admit that, you know what? I brought this storm upon myself. I knew I wasn't going to get that many amen because when, when trouble hits some of us, we always want to pretend that it's always a trial. We, we always want to make folk think that, you know, I haven't did anything that I wasn't supposed to do. I'm right in the center of God's will. I'm in the perfect will of God, yet I'm going through this, that, and the other, but God is going to bring me through it. But see, God is not able to bring us through a storm we created, or one that we cause until we are willing to repent. Come on, that's not my subject, but I got to deal with it. Yeah, there's a storm that I brought upon my own life, but once I recognized that I was out of the will of God, I quickly repented, I quickly turned and got back in the will of God because though I caused the storm, I was not capable of just wishing the storm away. I wonder, have anybody ever got into trouble because of you getting out of the will of God, but yet it taught you something about His grace and His mercy that you didn't know nothing about until you caused the storm. Oh God, I wish somebody would just give Him an amen man this morning because because there are some of you this morning can I teach it right you wouldn't be where you are if God wouldn't have showed you some mercy and brought you out of that storm that you caused I'm talking about the trouble that you brought on your own house nobody tried to tear down your house you did it with your own hand but when you got to recognizing your mistake and the error of your ways come on here somebody one reason you praise him like you do is because he helped you with the storm that you created. Come on, some of us, that's the reason you ought to praise him more so than you do because I know your story. I know the storm that, that you called, but yet when I look at you this morning, you don't look like you've been through a storm. Come on, that's his grace. That's his mercy. Well, I wish somebody would just get happy for about 50 seconds and just, and just give him a praise like you know he calmed the storm for you. Oh, yeah, he helped me out. And I recognize he didn't have to do it, but because I repented. Be seated as you're being seated. Look at somebody and shout, show him right And before I move on, we don't really have fingers and toes, not some of us, to count the number of storms we've created. Come on, you can start counting on your fingers. But you're going to run out and you're going to need your toes. Because that's just how many storms we've created. Through disobedience. 
But don't miss it before I move on. But we learned about his, his grace and his mercy. I love something that David said in reference to God's grace and his mercy. When God, through the prophet, gave David an ultimatum of a choice that after David and Israel had error, God said, look, I'm going to give you a choice and you can choose your own punishment of what I'm going to do to you. Bottom line, when David got to looking at the choices, he didn't want to fall into the hand of man. He, he said, oh, no, 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 don't let me, don't, don't give my enemies the upper hand. But he said, God, you go ahead and punish me. Come on, somebody. Because he knew with God there was mercy. Well, act like you know. I said, with God there is mercy. Without his mercy, I don't get to where I am today. Without his mercy, I don't become the husband that I am. I don't become the father that I am. I don't become the pastor that I am. Not without his mercy. But when we deal with the text, this is not a storm that they created. And the thing that I have learned about storms is that A, you either coming out of one, B, you are presently in one, C, you are headed into one, and D is all of the above. And when it comes to some of us, because of the way in which God has chosen to use us, then we are always going to be dealing with storms. Come on, see, I tried to say, I tried to say that real quietly so, so, so that it could just not only get in us, but then that it might marinate in us. Yeah, there are some of us. Storms are just part of our assignment. It just comes with the territory. Comes with what God chose for you to do. Ooh, come on. That's the reason I warn some of you. When you look at people, be careful when you say, Lord, I want what he has. See, see, you're talking about what you see on, on, on an outward surface. That, that you, 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 you need to clarify that. Oh, come on. You need to clean that up some. You need to say to God, I want to drive the car that he drives. I want one like that. Come on, somebody. We need to clean stuff up around in the church because you really don't know what it takes to be me. Come on. See, there's some of you got your hand lifted because they're folk jealous of you. Yet you want to tell them, hey, girl, calm down. You don't know what it takes to be me. You may not want to all that comes with my life. I know I'm talking right in the house. It flew over some of your head, but I know I'm talking right. That's when I'll be jealous of no man. I said I'll be jealous of no man. 
And the higher God take you, the more I pray for you, because I know to whom much. And if that resonated with you, look at about two or three people real quick and just tell me it takes something to be me. It takes something. It takes something to be me. It takes something to put up with what I... It takes something. It takes something to be me. It takes something to be me. And to continue being me, I got to come in here and give him praise. I got to come in here and worship when it's time to worship because I know what it takes to be me. Am I right about it? Mm, mm, mm. It's starting to resonate now. See, you don't graduate from storms. You don't graduate from storms. Listen, we don't get that degree till we get to heaven. We don't get that degree, listen, until we are with the Most High in eternity. That's when you will be given that degree. But here on earth, storms are a part of life. And then storms are that which God allows to test or try our faith. Pastor, I believe, but is it bona fide belief? Because there are times that you can profess that you believe, but the storm is going to reveal if it is bona fide belief. I know I'm talking right. Is it absolute? Trust. Is it supreme confidence in the one that your eyes cannot even see? You know, that takes something. That takes something to have absolute trust in a God that you have never laid your eyes on physically. But to know that in every situation, He's there with me. You know, that's the reason some folk don't believe. If we just let the rubber meet the road, the reason some folk don't believe is because they always want him proof. Because they can't see him. Can I take it from? And that's the reason some folk wonder about us. They really wonder about our sanity and if we have our right mind. Get to talking some stuff that God told you around some people that don't believe God. Get to telling folk where God is about to take you. And at that present moment, you ain't dressed like you're headed nowhere. Get to talking. Get to talking about what he's going to do. 
And some folk will, will be looking around for like, I don't know who she waiting on, who she think going to do all that in her life because I don't see nobody with her. Matter of fact, that man just walked off and left her with them children and she's still talking about they going to do this, this, and this. And girl, do you know she's still running around looking for houses? That girl need to get a reality check. She better do shit. Oh, come on. See, some of us have never been there because when you get to bragging on God, there are some of your kinfolk who because they cannot see the God that you brag on, they think it's just you. Come on. I said they think it's just talk. But there are some folk in here that are like me. You made your relative, you made co-workers take a second look and say, wait a minute. What that girl said is happening in her life. But some non-believers going to stay non-believers. She doing more than going to some church. Some folk can't believe in God. No, our pastor, he genuine. Yeah, yeah, he got to be doing something on the side. He taking all them folk money up there. You're, you ought to go to church up there. Them folk be shouting and jumping. Be ready to give an offering. Don't they see what that man doing to them? Even though they don't know, that man don't even count the money. That man doesn't go near the money. That man doesn't deposit the money. That man doesn't put the money in his briefcase and into his trunk. No, there's a man that does it, but not this man. Come on, somebody. Storms have taught me that no matter what the church gives me, God still got me. God had told me through storm that when people won't lose it, he'll make somebody else come and lose it. Come on, that ain't just a lesson for me. Be seated, be seated. See, at the time of the text, No doubt Jesus' disciples. This is just me, but I got I think I got scripture. I got scripture back, you know. Jesus' disciples just had to be feeling pretty good about themselves. That's why you say that. I mean, look, you with Jesus. He going around doing all these miracles. His fame is being spread abroad. Pastor, you better, you better, you better deal with that. Yeah, see, there was a time when he when he entered into a house. That when the Bible said when it was noised abroad that he was there, they filled the house. Filled it to the point to where some men had brought their friend to be healed by him. 
I'm dealing with this thing. But couldn't get to him because of his fame. But they were diligent men. They didn't turn around and go home. The men said, hey, let's go up top. We can't walk through the door. Let's get on the roof. Tear the roof off this place. Lower him down. And this is what they did. And when they lowered him down in front of the true physician. Y'all didn't hit me. The one that created the body. See, that's what you better tell a doctor. You better let doctor know. Look, God created the body. It's going to take this, that, and other to regulate your blood pressure. Now, it'll take this, that, and other to regulate it if that's the way God wants to regulate it. But if God wants to speak a word about my situation, they lowered him down. Bottom line, that man that was lowered down, that was paralyzed, walked out of that door. And tell you, you can't do nothing like that. Nowhere without word getting out. Come on, you better tell somebody, now word got out, baby. He can do what no other can do. Could you imagine if you were there? Why y'all mean mugging me? Could you imagine if you were there? That'll be a... Could y'all imagine Brother Rodney telling that story? And so, that's the one day with. That's the one day... They walking with. You know how some of us would have been. And some of us can get like that now. Yeah, we wouldn't get his Jesus. What's up? We be his boys. Yeah. Yeah, where he go, we go. Yeah, this him. You know how people do when they can't get to to the man, they'll get to somebody. Named, hey, you 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 so and so so. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Been with him going on about two years now. Stuff happening everywhere. Folk trying to get at us. You know, one time the disciples got so high minded that when they wanted children and people to get to him, the disciple rebuked the folk. And told Jesus, Lord, Lord, send them away for they, for, for, for they cried out after us. But, but see, they didn't, what, what about crying after them? They were trying to get to, I'm trying to get to him. Look at your neighbor and say, don't get too, too, too high, too high. Because after all, they trying to get to him. Oh, I'm teaching right. I want them to see him in me, but I don't ever want to think that I'm him. No. I want to always let you know that what he done for me, he can do the same for you. And so at the time of the text, no doubt, their confidence in who they was with just had to be at an all-time high. And then he says to them, what I believe was some soft words. 
Let us go. Or let us cross over to the other side. Simple. Let us go to the other side because there is more to be done. And notice when he says it, the Bible says that they left with him. And notice verse 37 says, And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat. I won't want, I don't want us to rush the text. Because eventually, the boat will begin filling with water. But it wasn't immediately. Because the Bible says that, that notice this, the Bible said a great windstorm arose and the waves beat. Into the boat. These waves are hitting the boat with great pressure. And the more waves that hit the boat, these waves that was hitting the boat was also causing something to happen in the boat that didn't need to happen. I don't know if you've ever been through trouble to the point to where you had situations that, that was taking place and you know if these situations continue to take place in the course of the manner that they are happening then it's just going to create some greater situ situations. Oh see, see did, did, did that go Anybody ever went through something and, and, and you knew within yourself, if, if, if I don't get a solution to this, if, if I don't get this rectified, come on here somebody, then this is going to continue to create other problems and the problems that they're going to create are going to get serious up in here. Come on here somebody, because that's how our situations start sometimes. They don't always start from zero and then immediately go to 50, from 50 to 100. There are times that things be happening in our life and we know that I got to get a solution to this because if this continues to happen on the level that it is happening it is going to create some problems that can cause great harm or great damage and so as the waves beat into the boat then the Bible says so that it was already beginning to feel I want to deal with this. Tell your neighbor, the waves beating into the boat. To the point to where the boat starts filling with water is factual. I say this factual. Factual meaning number one. Y'all stay with me. This is actually occurring. Come on. This is factual. This is not a dream. The boat is filling with water. And from a natural standpoint, 
This cannot continue to happen without them sinking. The laws of physics are going to take over. And it's not going to be good. But the fact that this water is filling in this boat, again, it is is factual. Number two, it's, it's, it's real. And finally, this is reality. And see, some of what you're dealing with, when we look at our storm, we can say about it that this is actually, this is happening. You know, because there are some folk that will teach you that when storms come, just simply ignore the storm. Don't look at the storms. Pretend that the storms are not even there. But what they are experiencing in the text is an event that is actually occurring. But you need to know that, yes, your situation, your storm is real. But the God to whom you serve is more real than the storm that you see. See, I see. I got by five or six. Amen. I said the God whom we cannot see is more real than the storm which we can see. And see, if we knew that, the way that some of us are sitting there acting like, oh, Pastor, we know that. Do you really know that? Do you really know that? Because sometimes your storm will try to convince you that is real and was not real is the God to whom you are believing can help you in this storm. Your storm of bad credit. That's real. Come on, that's factual. I've been places and tried for things. And I knew when the man came back with the report, I knew he wasn't lying to me. Come on. Man, come back and tell you, you need at least a 700. And you just sitting there saying, okay, go on, run it. And when he comes back, he said, do you know you at a 550? And you looking confused. And he said, does that surprise you? You say, yes. I thought it was 520. I went up 30 points. I know what it's like to, to desire, but, but if they're going to base it on this, this right here, you're going to be denied every time. Come on, somebody. 
What some of us are battling in our bodies, that's factual. That is actually occurring. Bills being passed due. That's actually happening. It is reality that you are two months and 21 days behind. That's factual. The x-ray is factual. Your name, your social security number, color of your eyes, Come on here, somebody. All of that is factual. See, we just sit in here like, Pastor, yeah, but, but we know that. But do you really understand that though it is factual, the God that you serve, the one in whom you trust, will do in your life what he promised he would do despite the storm that you are facing or going through. Come on. This is, this is our rhema. This is our word. That despite the storm being factual, God says to his children, yet I am still going to perform. Wow. That which I told you I would perform. Somebody going through a storm ought to be giving him the praise right now because he is dropping your rhema in the house. I said he's dropping it in the house. But though it was factual, actually occurring. Jesus did not like or appreciate their response to the storm. And that's where he has a problem with many of us. Not that your storm is not factual, actually occurring. But it is the way in which you are choosing or deciding to respond to the storm. Tell your neighbor, that's what gets us in trouble. How we react to the storm. Mm, What we allow the storm to do to our mind. This is the reason we need teaching because there are some things you just can't shout away. Come on. Because notice as the storm is doing its thing, it has not interrupted Jesus from doing his thing, which is rest. See, he's already showing them. And they don't even recognize that in the midst of this storm taking place, he's been an example to them right there, and they don't even realize it. I said, they don't even realize. He down there asleep. 
Remember I told you earlier how they had to be feeling good about themselves because he was with them? See, they could have either said, hey, if he's asleep, let us take a nap. If he ain't worried, why are we worried? See, but they could not imitate him because of what the storm was doing to them. And see, there are some of you, you check me out more than most folk. And you see that storms have arose in this church. But I have not allowed the storm to do to me what it had no business doing to me. And yet, you being under me cannot imitate how I handle or how I respond to the storm. You hear what I just said? There are some of you, you sit under this teaching week in and week out. But you are unable to imitate your pastor according to what the scripture said. Paul told the church, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Pastor think he all that. You a liar. Pastor know who he is in God. Don't get mad at me for teaching strong. Start to imitate me. Start to know every time I come out here that I'm going through something. Just like trouble happened in your house, it happens in my house. Come on, somebody. I'm teaching right. They couldn't imitate him. They couldn't imitate him. I don't cuss folks out when I get mad at them. Never said it never crossed my mind. But I know I have to show y'all something that's worthy of imitation. I can't be out here at the church fighting. I can't tell nobody angrily, meet me at the church. I can't be in the house angry and first lady is saying to me, please don't go down there. I'm gone. When I get there, I just hope he's there so I can. <laughs> Gotta handle it right. Can't let it do to me what it wants. Oh, somebody. He in the house now. But notice the disciples. Verse 38. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. 
awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we, listen, are perishing? That's their response to the storm. We are perishing. And do you not care? Some of the things that we allow to come out of our mouth shouldn't be so. You say it even though you know death and life are in the power of the tongue. Yet you say what you shouldn't say. We are in the house. It's a storm, but but, but you should never say that you can't afford. Come on, you should never say you can't afford it. Pastor, why shouldn't I say that I can't afford it? I can't afford it. No. There is someone with you who has decided to give it to you. Come on. That's when you should never say what you cannot afford because you never look at yourself in totality as being alone of the one who has to make it happen the way a sinner thinks they got to make something happen. I know I'm teaching right. And that, but the storm will tell you to say that. Pastor, I'm too old for it to happen now. You shouldn't say that. I said, you shouldn't say that. Tell your neighbor, there are things, no matter what the storm is doing, we shouldn't say certain things. Mm, I know this word cut it. I said we shouldn't say. You're, you're a minister. How can a minister say such a thing? And you uttering that on Friday, knowing you're on the calendar to pray Sunday. And then you'll come before the congregation with the right words doing prayer. But the spirit that is controlling you is one of doubt. Deacon, how can you talk about offerings and giving? And you're wasteful. I'm trying to break this down because I'm telling you there are times that God does not like the way you're responding to the storm. I know what they did to you. I know what they're continuing to try to do to you. But what I don't like is that they stay on your mind more than I do. You can't sleep without thinking about what they did and what they said. Why are you allowing the storm? 
And I've already told you that I'm only going to allow them to do so much. And I promise to bring good out of all of this that does not look good. I got to hear up and close it. How can he teach like that? Because I have seen what storms were capable of doing to me. We are perishing. And so what you said to us is not going to happen. The storm was not permitted to be so. You know that's how we talk sometimes. You've already convinced yourself that it ain't going to happen. And now you spend your time trying to convince other folk to understand why it's not going to happen. Come on. And, and, and if you don't run into somebody like me who will set you straight, they may just get on board with your craziness. Woo! Somebody said, look, did he just call us crazy? Yes, if you think what God said he's not going to do, then you fit the description of somebody that's crazy when you've been in the church long enough to know. If this is your first day at the church, I ain't calling you crazy. We need to teach you. Come on. I say, I need to teach you. I need you to just keep coming Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. I need you to get online on Bible study now. And I need you to just listen and, and receive. But those of you that's been around here long enough to know that if God said it, He'll do it. He'll do it. He'll bring that thing. I thought y'all were ready to preach. I said, if God said it, He'll bring that thing. Shout to somebody and he'll do it every time. Shout to somebody else, he'll do it every time. Without failing one time. Tell your neighbor, he'll do it every time. Without failing one time. We're getting it now. Look at John 1. We're getting it. It's getting in us now. Mm. Woo! Somebody may end up at a car lot before the day over. Telling somebody, run it. Run the credit. Somebody going to call a realtor and say, come, show me the house in the morning. Show it to me anyhow. I told you can't get a yell, but show it to me anyhow. God, I've been having some stuff going wrong here and there, but God told me every time I go to a certain place, God give me peace. John 1 and 1. Because Jesus says, and what I think was a soft voice, let us cross over to the other side. Who is Jesus? Jesus is Yeshua. 
Who is Yeshua? Yeshua is Savior. Savior is God. He's God. John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Let us go to the other side. That is the Word. Y'all miss it. I tried to drop it right. When he said, let us go to the other side, that was the Word talking. And tell your neighbor, the Word talks. Tell your neighbor, the Word will speak to you in the midst of a song. Tell your neighbor the Bible talks. Let us cross over to the other side. Now it becomes word. What God speaks in your life becomes word. You see, he said, in the beginning was the word. the word was with God and the Word was God. How did he create in the beginning? He spoke. He said, let there be light. And there was. Now here he ain't speaking light. He's speaking go to the other. It becomes word. If you knew what he spoke over you was word, the storm couldn't do to you what it's doing right now. Couldn't do it. I said it couldn't do it. If you knew it was word, you take a pregnancy test every so often just because it's the word. I said, you'll take one every so often because it is the word. Matter of fact, you'll have a couple of tests already lined up and stacked because you know it's just a matter of time before I... Because that was the... Where's here, baby, coming? Where's here, little boy, coming? Where's here, my girl, coming? You... But the storm says... God says, storm says, and you believe the storm. Matthew 24. Matthew 24. Why you ain't doing what God told you? Well, the storm said ain't no use in doing it. Why you not believing God for what he said he was going to do? Well, the storm said ain't no use in believing When you believe word, listen to me. When you believe word and word get in you, word changes you. I said word changes you. Word changes how you talk. Word will change how you dress. Come on, you, you'll go. God will speak to you and say, I'm getting ready to do it. 
Believe me, if I'm going to change your whole entire wardrobe. Believe, get ready to give away most of everything you have because I'm finna replace it with everything so that every time you step out, you're going to look a certain. And God will be telling you that at the time when you, when you say funds are low. I, Lord, Lord, I can't just go in there and, and just buy no tin suit with no tin shoes. I'm trying to clothe, but God working with this thing. And that ain't counting our sisters because our sisters on another level, they got about 10 dresses, 10 shoes, a couple of pocketbooks, and some earrings tonight. They got all these assessments that come with an outfit. And the storm will stand up and say, but we got to learn to tell the storm. Because you know what you're going to preach to the storm when you leave here today? It's word. It's word. I said it's word. It's Bible for me to be happy. It's Bible for me to prosper. It's Bible for me to have. Overflow in your life is word. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what you make an hour. Overflow been spoken over your life. That's word. Matthew 24, 35. You better know something about the word now. Tell your neighbor, I know it's the word now. And I'm about to learn something else about the word. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my, but my, but my, will by no means pass away. Tell your neighbor, the word. Is going to remain. Heaven and earth. Listen to me. Heaven and earth. What is he saying? What you see. Is going to pass. But not. My word. That's when God will tell you a word. And companies will come and go. He'll tell you a word. And a company will be high. And by the time God performed that word in your life, that company is no more. Is this teaching too, too meaty? Heaven and earth shall, shall pass what you see. 2 Corinthians 4 and 18, Paul said, For the things that are seen are only... But the things that are not seen, they are. See, what God has spoken to do, he's not going to take back. Let me close in Psalm 107. Let me close in Psalm 107. You remember Jesus looked at him? He said, why are you so fearful? Why is it that you have no faith? Bottom line, what was he asking them? Why did you allow the storm to do this to you? Psalm 107, verse 29. Guess where we're going to close at? Because notice this right here about our God, the Most High. Psalm 107, verse 29. Y'all got it? Do you have it? Look what the Bible says about the Most High. He calms the storm so that his waves are still. 
tell somebody if you react right to the storm with faith no doubting then he knows how to calm the storm how to make the waves be Listen, this is what I want to tell you in the close. It doesn't always mean that he takes the storm away. Remember, it's factual. Jesus stood and he spoke, peace be still, and the storm ceased. That's what we want. But he don't always calm it that way. Sometimes he calms the storms so that the storms are not disruptive in our lives. And so the storm keeps raging, but it's not disrupting anything that God has purpose to do in my life right now. Do y'all understand that? The storm is raging, but it's calm. He calms the storm. It is not disruptive. It does not hinder productivity. It doesn't hinder me from doing what he said do. From going where he says to go. And see, that's the reason sometimes God allows storms to persist in our lives. But when you respond to the storm with faith, it doesn't disrupt anything. That God desires to do. You say, Pastor, how so? Because, see, listen, you can be facing a storm on your job where they're cutting time and withholding certain things that you thought should be released. But when you know how to respond to that storm with faith, God will cause a person to give you more than what you were looking to the job for. See, because he will not allow the storm to be disruptive. And that's what we got to learn. Our response to the storm matters. How I respond to the storm matters, listen, to God. So it should matter to you. And it also matters to your pastor. I want to know when you leave here, when storms come, I want to know that what I'm teaching, what I'm dropping in the house, is exactly what you live in by. So when somebody says, Pastor, pray for so-and-so, she bowing this, that, and the other, I'll know that my sister is responding with faith. So the storm is not going to disrupt anything that God want to do in her life. Amen. Only time the storm disrupts is when we respond with fear, thinking that what God said ain't going to happen. Do y'all do y'all understand? Because I'm letting it go. But this is so important. You got to do that. You have to respond to the storm with faith because the storm is going to test your faith. We pray that you are blessed by today's message. Be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach. We thank you for all of your past, present, and future support for our ministry. And remember, Jesus is a refuge.